0: What is the minimum amount of assets or AUM needed to start your own RIA? That is today's question on the Transition to RIA video series. It is question number nine. Hi, I'm Brad Wales with Transition to RA, where I help advisors understand everything there is to know about why and how they might wanna transition their current practice to the RIA model. Today's question is, again, what is the minimum amount of AUM I need to start my own RIA? Now, most all of the advisors I work with already have assets. um, But even if you have assets, the question is, hey, is is there minimum amount of assets needed uh, to be able to transition or start my own RA. So that, that's what we're going to be talking about here today. Um, technically, you don't have to have any assets to legally start an RIA. And, and I'm going to explain this, go through this here. Um, and, and, and some RAs never have assets, which I'm going to point out. But when you go to start the RIA, again, there's no minimums. Because you have to have a minimum of $10 million or $50 million or $100 million. You can, and people do, start an RA solely uh, with, with no assets. And, and to be clear, even if you have assets now, let's say at your current firm you have $400 million, Um, and I, and I pointed this out in a previous video, on, on day one when you start your RA, when it, when it technically goes live, from a regulatory standpoint, even you on day one technically have zero in assets because until you actually move your clients and move your assets underneath the RIA, uh, at that point it, it does have zero. And so again, you can check out my, my prior video on that, um, that, that talks about how long it takes to start up an RA and, and where that asset flow comes into place. Um, but I did want to just have a quick uh, note today on, on how this works kind of with minimums, and, the, and, and while it seems like a simple answer, oh, there, there is no minimum, there are still some things you need to be aware of. So uh, for starters, you might wonder, well, what, what RAs out there have zero assets and, and, and don't have any intention of getting assets? And there are a growing number of firms out there uh, that want to, a couple, three different paths they could go on. Um, you know, the first is they say, hey, I'm, I'm a financial planner. I like providing financial planning services and I have no desire to actually do the asset management part of the relationship. Um, So I will sit down and and maybe you pay me uh, a retainer. Maybe you pay me kind of uh, more and more popular. You're seeing this monthly uh, kind of subscription fee model. Uh, so there's a number of different ways this can be paid for. And they say, hey, I, I provide this financial plan and services uh, for you, all, all aspects of your financial life, which we will talk about your, your assets uh, and how they, they, they should arguably be managed. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to actually manage it for you. We'll set you up in another place. Maybe, maybe it's a uh, direct with a mutual fund with maybe models they have, or maybe, okay, go ahead and open a Vanguard account. And I'm going to tell you or suggest to you, how, how you should manage those assets over there effectively on your own. But, but at the end of the day, I, I am not gonna manage the assets myself. Um, and, and arguably, is, is that a good model for an RA? Is it, is it not a good model? I mean, it, hey, to, to each their own. And I, I think there is a place in the marketplace where that's gonna resonate with certain clients. And then, and then other clients are gonna say, no, I want the financial planning and, and, and I want you to just do this asset management for me. I, that's why I'm paying you. That's why I'm coming to you. So, to, to each their own, there are differences, but know that there, there is a, a path where some folks have zero on day one and, and have no desire to, to grow assets. Um, and then some of those same firms, kind of their value proposition is pretty similar. And they, they hey, I provide financial planning. Yes, you need to manage your assets. And, and at the end of the day, they, they perhaps will manage those assets uh, for the client if the client wants them to, but it's not their main value proposition. And, and as a result, they might they might only charge a very low fee on that actual asset management piece because they are primarily getting paid through this you know, fixed retainer subscription cost. And, and the asset management is just kind of complimentary to it. So they, they kind of position as, hey, I'm almost doing this at cost. Uh, you know, not effectively because you would want to obviously make some money because you have responsibility there. Um, but hey, this is my core service. But if you'd like, I will take this. So you see some of these RAs you know, growing assets, it doesn't, uh, you know, face value appear to be a, uh, an impressive number of assets because again, they're not necessarily trying to grow because they're not charging primarily, you know, their fee as a, as a percent of assets under management. Um, and then the last thing I'd point out about that model or kind of the, the, the advisor that, that has no intention or desire to ever actually manage the assets. In that case, you, you do not need a custodial partner. You do not need a custodian because again, the custodian's main you know, value add to you as an RIA is, is to custody and clear the assets, facilitate the trades and, and, and hold those assets. So if as an RIA, you, you have no desire to actually manage assets, you actually don't even need a custodial partner. You'll, you'll just kind of be a standalone RIA providing your service with, with no custodian needed. Um, again, that's not primarily the advisors I help on. I, I help advisors that generally have existing assets that are looking to transition to the RIA model and want to continue that asset management approach. Nonetheless, I did want to point it out because it technically is is how, if you wonder, well, how can someone have zero in assets and still be an RIA? Uh, Because again, as long as you are providing advice for a fee, you do have to be registered as an RIA, even if you're not technically managing assets as part of that. So there, there is a subset of the marketplace out there, that that is the model they're pursuing. Um, Now, for RIAs that have assets, a couple things just to to, to still be aware of from a a minimum perspective. Um, The first one is is depends on your assets will be determined whether you are registered with the SEC or registered with the state. Uh, I did a whole video on this, so check it out if you want to learn more about that. Uh, But the short answer on that, and there's there's a bunch of nuances to it, so I encourage you to look at the, the whole standalone video. But in short hundred million is kind of the is kind of the the over underline so if you have a, over hundred million in assets you'll be registered with the sec if you're under that you'll be registered with the state um, so it's not uh, you know really a minimum in the sense of having an ra it is a minimum in the sense of being registered with the sec um, next up is you with assets you will be working with for instance a custodial partner uh, you might be using uh, software, third-party software vendors as well. And again, deciding, you know, which partners to work with, why one might be uh, better for you than another, that, that is exactly what I help advisors understand um, through this whole process. So happy to have that conversation with you. Um, but custodians themselves often have minimums. So uh, even, if, even if you only, you know, the kind of the scenario before, you just kind of you know, only occasionally take some assets and so, so you have all of, you know, 15 million in assets. Well, there's custodials, uh, certain custodians won't, won't uh, go into business with you as the custodian partner because they have, they have a minimum that says, hey, for the economics to work uh, for us as the custodian, we need you to have at least X on our platform. And again, that's, that's a thing I help advisors think through. Um, but it, it is something to be aware of. So you you can't just you know, solely say, oh, I'll take a couple clients here, or there, and unless you find a, a custodial partner that can accommodate that. And and likewise, uh, when you pay uh, for third-party software, uh, oftentimes that, that is based on a per-account basis. Well, if you you come along and you say, "Well, I have five accounts," uh, they they very well might not enter into a business relationship with you because for them, they just feel that's not going to generate enough revenue. Uh, to make to make the relationship worthwhile. So again, you you kind of have some minimums there as well as far as the the vendors that you're going to be working with. And again, I I can walk you through all of that individually. Uh, and then the last thing is just you know what do you hope to achieve with your RIA? Um, so let's assume you are going to manage assets, and and everyone knows there's different kind of models out there. You might want to have a lifestyle practice where you're you know you have a, a good amount of assets it generates you a, a reasonable amount of income and you're happy with that. And, and then there's, you know, RAs that are, are definitely in, in growth mode and, and growing and, and then, you know, grow to, to billions plus in assets. And just what I'd encourage you to think through is even if there's not any sort of regulatory minimum, and even if you maybe achieve, you know, the minimums of, of what a, custo- a particular custodian might require is you, you, you still have to run the practice. You still have expenses involved. And you just gotta ask yourself, okay, at what point does it just not make sense for me to, to have the responsibility of running my own RIA? And that, that's, that's a conversation I can easily have with you if you want. Again, uh, you know, that's, that's if you're, you're kind of more on the smaller scale now. Um, anything 100 million and up, it, it's certainly a much easier decision of, of where the economics line up. Um, but you start getting down on that lower end and, and, it, and it is not as clear cut of a decision as, hey, does this make economic sense? Yes, I'll have a lot more flexibility, a lot more freedom, on a, on a per client basis you know make more money um, but but there are some economies of scale that are achieved with that higher asset level and so again it's 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 something to keep in mind there's no easy black and white answer to it that's why I can't tell you here that oh as long as you have X it makes sense to, to be your own ra because it really comes down to what what you want to do with that firm do you want to grow to be that two billion dollar firm or do you want that lifestyle practice and Maybe if you can keep your costs low, the, the numbers still work. So again, that's the sort of thing I help advisors uh, think through all the time. Um, so with that, I'm Brad Wales with Transition to RAA. Like I said, this is the sort of thing I help advisors with. I want to help you understand everything there is to know about why and how you can transition to the RIA model. So I'm happy to help you with that. If you head on over, if you're not already there, TransitionToRA.com. Uh, Lots of these sorts of questions I've posted uh, some white papers and and then the best path is if you'll see right at the top is a contact link. You can easily and instantly set up a a, a one-on-one Zoom with me and we can begin a dialogue and and I can certainly walk you through any questions you have uh, and everything I think you should be aware of as well as you you begin to contemplate this and and then perhaps actually start walking down that path. So with that, I hope you've enjoyed this video and I'll see you on the next one.